0: This your answer to this question could be fairly interesting. Um well, not that the rest of it wasn't no. interesting. <laughs> Thanks. Power to Live More with Joe Dodds.
1: Welcome to the Power to Live More podcast, all about productivity, organization, well-being, energy, and resilience. I'm Joe Dodds and I started this show back in 2016 to enable interesting people to share their stories about how they use their power to live more. And by that, I mean how they focus on productivity, organisation, well-being, energy and resilience to enable them to do more of the stuff that they want to do and less of the stuff that they don't. After 241 shows, I've taken a pause from doing new interviews to reshare previous interviews. They were too good to not revisit. So please do bear in mind that this podcast might refer to events from the past as current or in the future, but rest assured that the stories, tips and advice shared by my guests continues to be pure gold. Hello, my name is Joe Dodds and today I'm co-presenter and Ellie is interviewing me. After 18 years in the corporate world, in retail HR with companies such as Safeway, B&Q and Staples, I started my first business in 2005, publishing local magazines in eight areas. I extended my offering by helping businesses to market online, including specialising in WordPress websites and then from 2009 social media. I'm now the creator of Power to Live More Calm, an online membership resource for home-based coaches and consultants to help them to get unstuck, get stuff done, and to get to live more. Back to the studio.
0: Hello. Today I'm interviewing Joe Dodds of Power to Live More. So tell us who you are, what you do, and crucially, where you do it. Thank you. So
1: um, obviously I'm Joe Dodds. Hopefully listeners will know who I am. Uh, what I do is I work with home-based coaches and consultants to help them to get unstuck, get stuff done, and get to live more. And I do that through my membership site, Power to Live More Calm. And where I do it is in my home office, which is in the lovely town of Hythe, near the Channel Tunnel, near to Folkestone, uh, right about, we're about 20 minutes from the sea, and we're on a south-facing hill, so I can see the channel on a good day, well not on a good day, I can the channel most of the time, it'd have to be a really bad day if I couldn't see it, uh, and my office is in the middle of the house, south facing, it gets far too hot all day until the evening, and then it's really cold, so um,
0: <laughs> there we go, that's where I am. So, why do you do what you do, and how did it all start? Aha, uh-huh. so, it's, um, the business
1: now has all come about because of what happened to me and what I've done as a result of it Uh, but my original business so originally originally I was a an HR director in the end an HR person within retail for many years and then when um, I wanted to have a baby (laughs) (laughs) you obviously uh, I decided to start a business so before I even got pregnant, I started a business and it was called The Hythe Handbook and it was a local magazine business, which I started uh, by, basically I read about it in Red Magazine and somebody had uh, talked about how she'd set up a business publishing local magazines and she was offering instructions at a cost, obviously, on how to do that. So I basically bought the instructions, a box arrived and I started my business. I went around and chatted up all my uh, local suppliers, the people that I was a customer of. So my hairdresser, he was on the front cover, uh, my dentist and various other people. And I published my first magazine in August 2005. And then I got pregnant. And then you were born <laughs> in August 2006. At the same time, not quite at the same time, but in the same month, I also published the Ashford handbook. And at one stage, I ended up with eight, eight magazines. And then As part of that, I set up a website for the company and I read a book on how to set up WordPress websites. And so I set up my own website and then I decided to start teaching that to my customers. And it was in the days actually when most people still, even in a small local business, didn't realize the importance of uh, um, a website. And I've looked back at slides recently where I... um, was presenting and actually convincing people or trying to convince people about how important websites were and that they should have one and that I could help them to to build that. And then I started to specialize in social media. When that came along, I got onto Twitter quite early on. And because I'd got a really strong offline network, I basically built the magazine business by networking In my local area. In fact, I used to take you to all the networking events after I um, had you, and you were known as the Chamber Baby (laughs) because the local Chamber of Commerce had many events that you came to. And I remember one memorable event where you were having breakfast with Michael Howard, who was the, um, he was attempting to be Prime Minister, and he was our (laughs) MP, and uh, he was also President of our Chamber of Commerce. So he came. To a breakfast, and you came with me. And uh, one of the chamber team took took you away and had you at their table. Was feeding you your breakfast whilst I was um, on the table with Michael Howard and a few other people. And um, so I've always told everyone that uh, you had breakfast with Michael Howard when you were a baby. But yeah, you came to loads of networking events. As I say, you got known as a Chamber Baby. You also got known as Little Dodsy. And you'll remember that uh, when you got old enough to understand that you could look things up on the internet. We used to have competitions to see how many searches there'd be for Little Dodsy as compared to Joe Dodds. And for a period of time, you did get many more searches than I did. And in fact, if you're listening and you want to search for Little Dodsy now, much to Ellie's trauma, you'll find that there's a very cute video of her singing... What was it from Mamma Mia?
0: Oh, no. It's a mashup there's, there's some, There's some Mamma Mia in it. But then there's also some Bob the Builder. <laughs> That's right. I remember now. And then there's
1: a, a very funny bit at the end where you spot a daddy long legs, which is your nemesis, and, uh, and pull a face. So there we go. Anyway, so so I specialised in social media. Then I ended up getting back into corporate, uh, helping organisations around employee engagement because I knew that digital and social tools would be really important within organisations um, at that point. And then I got involved at that same time with Engage for Success which is the national movement around employee engagement. So I still do uh, quite a bit of work with them. And uh, then in, or before that, actually, just before that in 2011, I had what has become known in the family as an episode um, accompanied by Ellie doing a little wiggle and looking very cute because she was only, what What would you have been then, six, 2011?
0: No, I, I was five.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, five. So uh, I had an episode. So basically in the middle of the night, I had a seizure, and um I didn't really know what was going on. I um I got up, felt ill, looked it up to see what it might possibly be. I was having this funny worrying and he's now really laughing. I'm not quite sure why. <laughs> why are you laughing?
0: Because Dad just went downstairs and got you the yes. tiny bowl.
1: Yes, that's right. So I, I had this problem, I googled it, couldn't see what it was, went upstairs, collapsed on the stairs, felt really ill, got into the bedroom, collapsed on the floor again, and um came round to hear my husband ellie's dad screaming at me to wake up and obviously i wasn't asleep i was actually unconscious and then he went and, and the reason ellie's laughing so much is he wanted Wendy got me a, a salad bowl that we have that's like shiny silver sort of so you can see like mirror so you can see yourself in it and he sat it next to me on the floor so i was looking at myself in this like mirrored bowl and then he hopped back into bed and went to sleep so I was lying on the floor, wondering what was going on, thinking this is a bit of a trauma.
0: I mean, I did the same thing. I was awake and I just hopped back into I it know, as well.
1: But you were only five. But anyway, so I had all these tests and they said that they thought it was epilepsy and they were prepared to te- to treat me for it. And I, at the same time, did what I call my superpower and I was Googling. And I decided that, or uh, well, I found out that there were five reasons why you might have a seizure. One of them is epilepsy. And then it was also about eating badly, drinking too much not sleeping properly and uh, being stressed. And at that time I had, you know, a whole load of magazines I was publishing. I was doing far too much and basically all those things applied. So I said to the doctor, can we just sort of hold back for six months and see what happens? Because I don't want to take medication and then find I didn't have it anyway. If we wait six months, we'll see if it happens again. And if it does, obviously I'll take the medication. If it doesn't, you know, we have our answer. And so I then went on a bit of a mission to improve how I was living my life across those areas and as a result power to live more came about um, and that's all about productivity organization well-being energy and resilience so that's the power and to live more is all about getting to do more of the things that you want to do and less of the stuff that you don't want to do and part of the reason for that at the same time was that um in 2012 so nine months ten months later my mum died after so that's ellie's nan um nanny should i say after only five days of us knowing that she was ill so she came back from a cruise she wasn't very well and she was subsequently diagnosed with lung cancer and died and then just before that uh, my late father-in-law Ellie's um, granddad was also diagnosed with cancer and he then died a few years later and so I sort of came to a realization at that stage that we didn't you know sort of doing everything in your power to sort of have this perfect life in the future to, to get to do all the things that you want to do in the future is of little use if you suddenly either find yourself you know with a an illness or uh you know for some reason you're you're not um here in the future so it sort of really gave me a real wake-up call to try and do things differently in my life at that stage and that's as I say where power to live more came from and then After a few years of thinking about how it works and coming up with my five fundamentals and all that sort of thing, I ended up launching my membership site, Power to Live More Calm, because I realised that that's how I wanted to work with my um, clients moving forwards in a sort of community and learning sort of environment. Um, And I do do one-to-one work as well, but the majority of my work is done through the membership site, which is Power to Live More Calm. And as far as, you know, why do I do what I do? I've always been a maven. Uh, if you've read the book, I think it's Outliers, Malcolm Gladwell. It talks about mavens in there. And that's people who sort of gather information and share it with people. And I've always had a real thing for learning things, networking with people, sharing information, helping people. And Power to the More really sort of gives me that opportunity to do that. And a few years ago, I did the Strengths Mind. I can't even say it. Strengths finder questionnaire. In fact, I said I did that 20 years ago and then I sort of ignored it for a good 15 years. And then a few years ago came across it all again and realized that my strengths are around um positivity, communication, individualization, so treating people as individuals, winning others over, woo as they call it. And input, which is all about gathering information or gathering things, collecting things, and in my case, it's gathering and collecting information and then sharing it with other people. So, a membership site seemed to be the way to go in order to do that. And uh, you know, working with people like me, so people who work from home and their coaches and consultants, was what what I really wanted to do. And so here we are. Did you want that long answer? <laughs> so that's why I do what I do because I want to help people to not have those situations like I did to be able to live now in the moment and have that um, opportunity and also to share the knowledge and the learning that I have
0: so um, you've been running a business for or multiple businesses over the past 16 years and so you've been working from home for that long Um, how do you prioritise your work and life?
1: Okay, interesting. It changes on a regular basis. And, uh, and and I'm just also laughing, thinking that it's you asking me that because I started a business to enable me to spend more time with you. And on many occasions over the years, you've had a, a right old go at me for the fact that I never do this and I'm not around and whatever, whatever, you know, as children do. And I've often sort of talked about the fact that I've done things like coach your school netball team and, you know, been able to go away in the caravan for the whole of the summer holidays with you and things like that, which I would never have been able to do had I had a corporate job. So um, just for anyone out there who's thinking they might change what they do to accommodate the whole child thing, they'll never be grateful. So don't, don't expect how it. How <laughs> But anyway, how do I prioritise it? So it changes all the time. And I think that's part of the the thing that we need to do you know we need to always be aware of whether things are working or not working and if they're not working what we could do differently and as our life and our business and our situation changes so the way that we organize ourselves needs to as well over the years I've used tons of different ways to manage myself whether that be a file of fax a scion you know pen and paper whatever whatever and for the last good few years. In fact, I must look up and see how long it is now. I've been using a tool called Todoist and that's an online platform which syncs across all devices that enables you to basically build up a a to-do list, but also create projects and subtasks and create tags and filters and goodness knows what else. And I really like it because it's really, on the one hand, it's really simple You could literally just do a simple, very simple to-do list. But on the other hand, it can be really sophisticated. And in fact, over only the last couple of days, I realised that I was not focusing enough on my deep work. I was doing a lot of the sort of urgent stuff, but not enough of the important stuff. And I've had a look at how I sort of do that, prioritise that. And uh, I was talking to my members the other day about the fact that I often see people talking about theming their days and scheduling all their activities into their diary And I do it every so often and then my diary gets completely full and I hate it because I hate having things in my diary and it stresses me out. And then I like delete them all again and start again with a to-do list. So I did that this week, just this week. (laughs) And I ended up with a ridiculously full diary. And then yesterday, it was only Tuesday, I decided it wasn't going to work. So I've reorganised it yet again. So I now have a hybrid of, I have my to-do list and I have my projects and everything else on my to-do list. I have my I have themed my days a bit, but I've also scheduled some chunks of time during the week to work on particular projects so that I cover off the projects that weren't getting done before, whilst also making sure I get all the rest of it done. But I think, you know, the overriding thing is it's got to be personal to you. It's got to fit your personality, your situation, and you've got to be flexible with it. You've got to be aware of when it's working, when it isn't, and work on making it different and work better for you if, you know, those things... Um, you know, if it if it stops working for whatever reason. And in terms of how I work with work and home, you know, I'm just really flexible. I don't have a set schedule, I don't do nine to five, I don't say you've got to work at certain times and not work at other times. I um I plan what I want to do around what I want to do and when I want to do it. So, you know, Ellie, as you know, at six six thirty every day and every day in lockdown we've had a as we call it, where granny comes round, we have our Um, little nibbles and our drinks and then we have dinner and so probably sort of 6 30 till 8 30 9 o'clock every night we're in that family situation playing games eating dinner whatever whatever Um, but you know because I'm a bit of a night bird I don't get up very early in the morning and then I will work quite often after dinner as well because that works for me Um, but in the middle of the day I might I don't know swan around reading a book (gasps) (laughs) or whatever so I make my day fit what energy i have at different times but also what i want to do and also what we're doing as a family and you know it differs depending on whether you're at school or not and that sort of thing
0: so earlier you mentioned social media and twitter and todoist
1: to- but- i didn't think i don't think i mentioned social media
0: I think you did did i when you used to work on social media talking about twitter oh okay <laughs> anyway so um <laughs> what would you say your three favorite work related apps and tools are and what are your top three non-work related apps
1: oh my goodness right okay so um Ooh. so i'll start with my my absolute favorite non-work related app do you know what it is no. No. It's um, an app called Paprika, and it's an app that enables me to put all my... She's cringing now and laughing at me. To put all my recipes on my online, so on my iPhone, on my iPad or whatever. And it enables me to plan menus and create shopping lists and all that sort of stuff. And I absolutely love it. It's, it keeps everything in one place and just really helps me to make sure I cook some really lovely food. So that's good. So that's my non-work one i've got to think of some more now oh my goodness um okay on oh, the second one non-work tom play it's only it was only launched about a year ago and it's um it allows you to download sheet music and to download all the accompaniments and actually sing or play along with all of the 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 music that's on there and it's across the board so there's i've downloaded piano music uh there's backing for singing and that's classical and pop or rock or whatever um, I've played my bassoon to it. I've played my recorder with it. I've like played once. my violin. <laughs> no, recorder a few times. Bassoon maybe once. Yeah. Violin maybe okay. twice. Mm-hmm. I got new strings and everything, a new bow and everything during lockdown for my violin, which just looks beautiful sat on the cupboard <laughs> in the office. <laughs> I haven't really played it, you're right. But i played it more often than the last 30 years. Anyway, so Tom Play, um, I would really recommend uh, if you're musical in any way. And. Um, Oh, I don't know what my third one is, I'll come back to that. So um when I'm talking work-wise, my top three apps for that would probably be the top one would probably be what um most of my guests mention at one stage or another, which is Google Calendar. So um that just keeps me organized with what's going on in my diary. I suppose the second one probably during lockdown has been Zoom. I use Zoom for recording my podcasts. Um, you know, so many meetings happen on Zoom, and in fact I was sort of talking to someone the other day about how little we actually phone people now. You know, if somebody says they want to have a phone call, I sort of assume it's going to be a Zoom call because that's sort of how it is sort of thing. So Zoom. And then my third one is probably Todoist because it does keep me organised. Oh, I need one more on the personal front, don't I? You can say that. You don't have to whisper.
0: <laughs> You're
1: the interviewer. You can speak. Uh-huh. I don't know. What's your? What do you think my third one would be? I mean, I
0: walk in your room a lot, and you're watching Netflix. Oh yeah, especially Netflix. while working. So,
1: <laughs> yes. Do you know that's something that I've developed during lockdown? I I never really watched telly, and I always say that. I mean, we watched strictly, strictly in, yeah, the, in love, the winter. Love, but
0: strictly. Michael McIntyre's The Wheel. That was very good. It definitely was definitely recommend that. A really good
1: lockdown one, wasn't it? Um, and we've just started um, a. a Bond fest in the family, so we're on to like film seven or something. We watch one a week, don't we? We've done the Die Hard. We did the Die hards at Christmas. That's right. Because Granny didn't understand what <laughs> why Die Hard was a Christmas film, did she? She heard it everywhere. Everywhere she turned, it was mentioned, and she didn't think it was a Christmas film. So we had to show her why it was a Christmas film. Um, and uh, what's the other one? Oh, Grand Designs. You and I are watching that. Yeah. Who knew Grand Designs started in nineteen ninety nine? And we're only through halfway through Series 1, I think, which is quite tedious at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, I
0: mean, they're, they're not that grand at the moment.
1: <laughs> no, well, I suppose they were trying to, you know, they were feeling their way. Yeah. They were trying to get a reputation to get some, you know, good grand designs. But anyway, so we're doing that. However, as Ellie pointed out, I, um, I have developed a bit of a Netflix addiction because I've got into... Um, what do they call them when they're like loads of them in a series? Box, box set sets. sort of thing yeah so i i watched one called virgin river last year i like i like the canadian one so virgin river last year at the beginning of well before lockdown february last year and then i was avidly waiting for it to come out again in august and then it got delayed because of lockdown but i've just finished watching series 2 um and then uh heartland i got really into that and that was like 13 series so that kept me going for ages uh and yes yeah, so i'm i'm looking for some recommendations now so you know send them in <laughs> <laughs> but that's a, a lockdown thing. I didn't really watch Telly much before, but I do a bit now.
0: So obviously, in what you do, well, I think for everyone it's important to manage your time. And you've mentioned Google Calendar and to do Todoist, but how do you manage your time?
1: So as I say, I'm really clear about when I'm when I have the energy. You know what works for me. So because I'm a night bird, I don't plan in any meetings until eleven o'clock at the earliest in the morning so that I can um, sort of get come to slowly. Uh, I know that I stay up late. And so if I stay up late, that's fine as long as I sleep in. So that's what I do. I work to my energy. I use Todoist to plan my tasks. And I anything that needs to get done, anything I think about during the day, I add into the inbox of Todoist. And then in the morning before I do anything else, I go in and categorize everything that's in there, put it into the relevant project or whatever and get it all organized and I check what's on my to-do list for the day and make sure that I know what's coming up. Um, I only admin my emails once a day so I have them paused and then and I use something called Boomerang for that and then once a day I unpause them. It's set at the moment to do that automatically at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. And then sometime during the rest of the day, I just take one chunk of time to go in and admin all of them. And so I um, I either do whatever it is that's needed, if it's a quick answer to something, or I defer it by putting it onto my to-do list, by emailing it to Todoist, or I delegate it to my VAs or to maybe you or whoever, um, or I delete it. And then my inbox is clear once a day right down to zero and uh yeah that's
0: it that's how i organize myself so just mentioned delegating <laughs> what tips do you have for delegating sharing and outsourcing yes Okay. other than you asking your daughter to help
1: that's right exactly so i am getting quite good at delegating to you and you are getting quite good at delivering a great service to me and to my clients <laughs> getting
0: quite good at asking me to pay me as well
1: yes exactly so that's working you're very entrepreneurial so thank you very much um and obviously i've paid for you for the intros for the podcast for the last however long (laughs) and if you're a listener and you haven't been a listener right from the beginning i would absolutely totally recommend going back to the first few of the podcast because she was very cute i mean she's still quite cute now but she is 14 you know so (laughs) um or if you want less cute go to show 100 (laughs) that was the stroppy teenager show (laughs) um so um, delegating and outsourcing. So I outsource to, I have two VAs in the Philippines and one in the UK. And um, it really enables me to do a lot of the sort of routine stuff that needs being to be done all the time or once a week or once a month or whatever with ease because I don't actually have to do it. Um, I think sometimes it's difficult to outsource. I'm, I've mentioned this on the show before because in order to outsource, you need to have a process and you need to have a, A sort of slick process and then you need to teach that process and then you need to make sure all the sort of access for the various platforms and things like that is in place so that can take you know a bit of effort as well and and often I haven't outsourced things because it's just felt like a big job and then when I have finally got around to doing it I spend the next hour long thinking why didn't I do that sooner so I think it's having a a sort of an attitude of knowing that it's a really valuable thing to do, but then also having a process to do that. And one of the things that I do in my business is I do have um, sort of project task lists and processes written out and they're partly for me and they're partly for outsourcing. And, you know, some of the things that I outsource, you know, both of my VAs actually have had babies in the last however long that they've um, worked with me. And, when that was the case and they weren't working, I had to pick up the tasks that they, you know, would usually do. And the funny thing was that in some cases I had no idea how to do the things that I'd asked them to do. But because I'd written it down in Evernote, which is the tool that I use for that, uh, I was able to go and follow my own instructions <laughs> to make sure that I did the job that uh, they would normally do for me. So, so, you know, that's really important as well, getting really clear about processes. Um, and finding a tool that really helps you so you and I use Asana when we work together and the podcast I do through Asana so my VAs use that as well Um, and you know as I say I have a project plan and I don't follow it a lot of the time because I know what I'm doing with the podcast but it's there in case you know I need to just check off and make sure that I am doing everything I need to do.
0: So moving into more I guess a personal side of things um, how do you keep healthy both physically and mentally?
1: Uh, badly at times (laughs) so um i like to and try to go out walking um on a regular basis i tend to do it more at the weekend and towards the end of the week when i've got a bit more time when i've got lots going on at the beginning of the week it happens less often i have to say i like to go and sit out in the garden so even in the winter when it's been sunny i've gone and sat in the garden for 20 minutes or so and drank my coffee and uh and read a book or whatever Um, that's one of the things I like to do as a bit of a ritual I like to have a coffee late morning and do a bit of reading or just sort of contemplating so I do that Um, I try and eat on a keto sort of basis so I don't eat carbs and um, I eat more fat and all that sort of thing and
0: granted it is a lenient keto you do keep, keep to it but you don't Deprive yourself. I don't but then you don't have to deprive yourself on that anyway. But yes, yeah. you're right. I
1: don't I don't um berate myself for not quite following it at times. Because then it's much easier to continue with it. Um I found I was drinking too much over lockdown. Um Ellie's now pulling a face. Um and uh so Granny and I have a new regime, so we start the evening, our aperitif with a non alcoholic drink. So that uh, we've done that first and then we can have um, our wine with our dinner. But um, we have cut down quite considerably. So that's helped and that's helped my sleep. Uh, And I said also, you know, the understanding when my energy waxes and wanes, I know that, you know, trying to go to bed at nine o'clock or 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock is not going to happen. So, you know, I build in enough time. Like I said, I don't start... Official work stuff until eleven, which gives me a good few hours to go to bed really late and get up really late, um, which is what sort of suits me. So um, I do get my sort of eight hours sleep mostly, which is generally what I need. Uh, I try and drink water during the day. I have a little to-do list task that says take my supplements and fill my water bottle up. It's by my desk so that I can keep drinking that throughout the day. Uh, I like to drink green tea. Um, I think supplement that's it. supplements what do you supplements take? I use something called height or heights I can't remember if it's got an S I think it might have an S heights um, and in fact that's supplements that um, come from one of my previous podcast guests his business and his name is Dan Murray Serta and I can't remember which show he's on uh, but uh, if you do a search on the website you'll find that and that's uh, those are the supplements that I use They're all about being brain healthy
0: okay So um, what do you do to learn and improve yourself?
1: Well, my big one is reading. I love reading. So I'm always reading. I'm not a video person. I do watch them sometimes if I need to know how to do something. And I can't follow the written instructions. I will watch the video then. But generally, even with instruction videos, I want the transcript because that just helps me. Um, So I read a lot. And
0: you read I read a lot of thrillers, which I'm not sure how it improved you. You read about murderers.
1: <laughs> That's true, but I do. Yeah, I read novels, but I do also read lots of business books, and I read articles. So I use Pocket to gather articles that I want to read, and I read a lot of Pocket um, emails on there. In fact, articles, sorry, on there. In fact, I've been in the top one percent of readers on Pocket for about the last four or five years. Um, so I think last time, last year, I'd read something like the equivalent of thirty six books just by reading articles. Um, I listen to podcasts, uh, although not as many during lockdown actually as I did before, and that's because I drive less and I walk less. Um, So I, because I have, you know, less reason to go out, not because I don't walk, I do, but just not as often and as long so yeah interestingly my podcast listening has gone down quite considerably which is disappointing but that is what I use as well for learning and then also just using my superpower as I say I have a superpower of googling so I always think you can learn how to do anything as long as you can google well and follow the instructions that you find and sure enough I put the blind up in the bathroom the other day I'm about to replace the seals on the shower cubicles I've looked at the video so I know how to do that uh etc (laughs) etc
0: I mean granted the actual information is correct and it's not some random person's gone into Wikipedia and thinks haha I'm gonna bluff everyone's houses by making them do this
1: no exactly I mean I um (laughs) I google what I need to know and then I determine whether I think it's telling me the right thing and everything else before I use it you're right I wouldn't just follow any (laughs) old instructions
0: (laughs) um um what do you do on a day when Things go horribly wrong. (laughs)
1: Uh, I used to say that I would sing and I haven't done enough of that during lockdown either, to be honest. But if I'm really not feeling happy, then I will sing. And that sort of classical singing, you know, sort of, I don't know. I'm just looking at the music up there on the music stand. Mendelssohn's Elijah. That's a bit of a go for it song. Um, uh, piece, not song, oratorio, whatever. Um, So I sing... Um, I read I read a book I will just give up on everything else and just read um, I often take the tomorrow's another day view um, I try and remember that I've got through every other day in the past so every other difficult day I've managed to get through one way or the other so um, that you know should bode well for for this day um, uh, but yeah I think mainly it's um, it's the sort of stopping, putting it to one side and doing something else and knowing that tomorrow it will be better.
0: Um, On a day that you feel like you've lived more, uh, which you describe as a day where you do less of the things that you have to do and more of the things that you want to do, what does that day look like to you? (laughs)
1: It's interesting because I sort of came about with this question from, there used to be a question where people used to say, what's a perfect Tuesday look like for you? And I always laugh and sort of think that my perfect day just involves a good book (laughs) and not a lot else. And so, you know, I talk about going on holiday and, uh, you know, some people need to go to various countries for the sort of tourism bits, you know, going on visits and seeing various historical monuments and all that sort of stuff. And I always say it doesn't really matter where I am on holiday as long as it's reasonably nice weather, there's good food, good drink and i've got a good book and a good chair to sit in <laughs> so that's that's pretty much what my day would look like but you know sort of to be a bit less flippant about it i think something where we've enjoyed something as a family we've done something together and really enjoyed it whatever it might be and as i said interspersed with a lot of reading and a bit of drinking and a bit of eating
0: <laughs> um i think this your answer to this question could be fairly interesting um well, not that the rest of it wasn't no. interesting. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks and no pressure. Um, what does power to live mean to you? As in, like, this is your business. You've kind of created it. This is the 200th show on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Like, what does it kind of mean to you? And not just as in, like, just that, but as in, like, what does power to live more actually, like, mean? Mm-hmm. Sort mm-hmm.
1: Of? Well, as I say, it came about because of that whole thing about you can't sort of try and build something for the future without enjoying the the now. And you know, that the whole piece about the journey is just as important as the destination. And so that's where my thinking on the business came about how I could do that for myself and really enjoy the moment and, and take that moment, you know, every day to, to appreciate what I've got. Uh, and I wanted to help other people with that too, because I think it's so easy when you start a business to think that you need to work 24-7 and sometimes to do so. I mean, I I know with my own business, when I had the magazine, I often, not often, but, you know, on a number of occasions pulled an all-nighter to get the uh, magazine ready to go to print and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, that's no good for your health. And I can see many business owners, uh, you know, doing stuff that they don't want to do or working too hard or not getting the success that they want or getting stuck you know often things like you look after your own website um, you do your email marketing you want to do social media you've got all these sorts of tasks and things that you need to do and then something goes wrong and you can't quite push to the next level because you don't really know how to do it and who do you ask and you know I am that person that people can ask and that's why I really enjoy what I do that I can help people to push past those sort of challenges that they have. Um, so, it's yeah, it's about helping people to to have really successful businesses but whilst getting to do the things they want to do as well um, and helping people to be unstuck and, and uh, get that stuff done, have that focus, be able to do the things that they need to do so that they get to do that living more bit that I talk about.
0: So, obviously, uh, the letters in power stand for a different... Thing, yeah. How how is that kind of represented in your like life and work?
1: So their power. I'm sorry, their power, their productivity, (laughs) (laughs) their productivity, which I've talked about. Um, organisation. So I talk about simplifying your life and decluttering and getting organised and making sure you've got your sort of standard operating procedures, all that sort of thing. Well being is the W, and that's all about looking after yourself and making sure that. You are looking after your well-being as you're running your business. Energy, I think a lot of time management and getting stuff done is about energy and managing your energy and doing things at the right time and understanding how important your energy is for for that stuff to happen. And then the R that um, originally wasn't resilience, which it now is, and in fact, it was you, as you know, <laughs> sitting there smiling, <laughs> who came up with that word. I can't can you remember what the word was
0: to begin with? I don't know it wasn't very good though I remember (laughs) and you were like oh oh I'm not sure about this is there anything else I just kind of sat there I was like what about resilience
1: yeah at the age of like nine or something yeah I can't even remember what it was before but yeah yeah I think resilience is something that again is so important when you run your own business it's hard there are challenges and you know you might think you've got it sussed for a month or two and then something comes and hits and and it's not quite what you thought and, and you need that resilience to be able to sort of bounce back and, and think about doing something different to get around that obstacle and so on. So resilience is so important. So yeah, power is um the sort of description of the characteristics, the skills, the the knowledge that you need to be able to run your business successfully whilst getting to live more. And then my five fundamentals came in as a way of working with people to do that. So that's simplify, systemize, share, self-care and sustain albeit not in that order anymore because since lockdown I decided self-care should come first and clearly I'm so used to it not coming first that I forgot to say it first. So it's self-care, simplify, systemise, share and sustain.
0: So finally, um, how can people find out more about you and connect with you?
1: Yes, so um, easily just using my website, powertolivemore.com. You'll find everything you need there.
0: She's also on social media a lot, guys, so... <laughs> you want to talk to her, she'll probably see it.
1: She thinks I am. That's like a 14-year-old's perspective. I'm like the quietest social media, or the quietest former social media marketing consultant that you know.
0: That but sh- yes. Surely it should be the other way around, but I always walk in on you looking at Facebook. <laughs> well, That's it. <laughs> Hang
1: on, on, listeners. She forgot the bit about it's been really good interviewing you. Oh yeah,
0: it's a really good (laughs) interview, and um, very beneficial. (laughs) Thanks for being on the show today.
1: Never sounds so genuine when you've been prompted. It's um, thank you. I appreciate the time you've taken to interview me, Ellie. And I would just like to say thank you for the efforts that you have put in since we started the podcast two hundred shows ago. To do the intros every time. I know it's amazing, isn't it? Um, And just think, you know, in years to come.
0: Oh, my voice is going to be on the internet forever.
1: (laughs) In years to come, I'll be playing that first intro about Cathy Brown. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. But anyway, thank you. And thank you to those people listening and those people who've been listening for a length of time or even new listeners. We really, really appreciate your support and uh, hope to bring you many
0: more shows in the future. Are you a home-based coach or consultant feeling like you need a bit of help? Our Power To Live More Calm membership is designed to meet you where you're at with the help you need in the moment so you can get unstuck, move forwards and get stuff done. You might think this sounds too good to be true or maybe wondering how it would fit with how you work and run your business. Why not have a no-obligation chat with Jo to see how she can help you? All you need to do is go to powertolivemore.com slash calm cool use your power to live more